Hello and welcome back to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One. I'm one of your co-hosts, Katie Carlisle. I've been freelance since 2013 and I run my own Squarespace web design and training business. And I always feel a bit like I'm on blind date when I say that. <laughs> What's your name and where do you come from? I can't do a Scouse accent. That no, is. yeah, please don't try that. <laughs> I'm your other co-host and I'm not Silla Black either. And my name's <laughs> Michelle Pratt and I've been freelance since 2015 and I run a personal development coaching and training business called Dive Deeper Development. And today we are going to talk, actually almost fittingly for the Blind Date Connection, we're going to talk about mixing business and pleasure today. Yeah, should you do business with friends or should you become friends with the people that you do business with? These lines are becoming increasingly blurred. Is that a problem or not? I don't know. That's one of the things we're going to explore today. So it's it's interesting because in our networking episode, which was episode 11, so actually a little while ago now, we actually talked about kind of people doing business with people and and that networking is kind of like making friends for your business but then I guess it's how far do you take it and you know how much do you blur that line between acquaintances and friends yeah I I used to work for a very large bank I used to work for a large corporate and for many many years I I don't know I can think of something about that corporate environment I was just so keen to keep business and personal separate so I didn't add work colleagues on Facebook I didn't add any of them on and yeah didn't really bring a lot of my personal life into the business so for me for many years the two were totally totally separate and when I went self-employed I was actively encouraged by people who ran their own businesses to spread the word of what I do and sell my coaching services to friends and family tell everyone that I felt really weird about it yeah I mean that Facebook thing is such a good point because actually that was something that I hadn't really thought of before going freelance was that yeah would would you be Facebook friends with some of your clients um generally I will accept their requests mainly to avoid having an awkward conversation oh, see I don't get that because I, 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 I mentor young people and sometimes they tell me what if I request uh, someone to be my friend but they don't they decline how awkward it's like how is that awkward you don't know the person <laughs> I guess I guess I think uh, it's tricky I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't have a problem with saying actually I don't accept friend requests from clients if I had a kind of blanket ban on it I guess part of me thinks my clients are big advocates of me yeah. and so if there's something that I'm talking about in my on my personal Facebook where I'm sharing stuff and the clients see that especially with the algorithms on Facebook meaning that if you've got a business page that somebody is liked they're less likely to see that and so part of me is like strategically does it make sense but then part of me is I'm I am genuinely friends with a lot of my clients um and so it's not that I would I mean it's not that I ever get up to anything that I put on Facebook that would be so contentious to put out there anyway for clients to see but I think it's it's I think because you can group people on Facebook I don't mind it so like you can use lists and and put people in different lists on Facebook so that I can choose whenever I do a post do I include my clients in this or not you can create a do not share list as well so not only can you make a list depend uh, that dictates who you share the information with you can actually make a list of people not to share things yeah, with exactly. as well yeah uh, exactly yeah yeah so yes yeah, so everyone <clears throat> accept and then and then so you can have a client's list so if there was anything that was a bit more personal that I didn't want to share with clients then I can you know have have that without them getting it but otherwise I think sometimes it's actually nice to kind of 
build that human side of the relationship up a bit. Yeah. Um, but there are some people that maybe are, like I'm, I'm probably more discerning now than I would have been in the past. So there um, are maybe some people that now I would maybe not accept the friend request from because because they weren't. I think what it was is that I started accepting friend requests from clients because I was genuinely quite friendly with the clients and it seemed normal and then I was like oh well I can't accept it from someone not others and I yeah. don't know why I thought that that was stupid that is literally <laughs> yeah, that's so interesting you say it's got different as you got older because I'm the other way around I've gone from not doing it at all to actually now being quite keen to do it like I can really see the value in it now but I used to keep them so separate I think it probably helps that I don't use Facebook that much or share very much no, anymore. I don't. So I use it to let my family know I'm alive and to keep them abreast with things and to let my clients know that I have a human side of the personality. Yeah. And uh, that's that's probably it. Um, so it's useful in terms of extending your network that way, but I probably don't use it as a sort of stream of consciousness as maybe I did many years back. No, that's true. I am, yeah, I'm sharing a lot less on Facebook and I'm, I tend to only go on Facebook to look at group stuff now, really. I don't tend to look at my news feed very often um, I have been thinking that I'd like to have a little bit of a not a cull exactly but a review of, of what what pages I'm following and um, who you're still connected with exactly some relationships yeah. are, they come in for a short part you know short while for a particular reason but actually as time moves on it's probably not so relevant. Yeah, the connection is not so strong yeah. but I think I would still feel awkward if a client a friend requested me and then I hadn't re- replied to it and then, then they said oh did you get my friend request and if I then went uh yes and then <laughs> so or actually yeah, yeah I mean so it's an interesting idea of actually you know it's the idea of balance I suppose is it an equal relationship do you both want the friendship as much as each other yeah and, and something to consider and actually there's a real blur now between professional network and personal network so more, I see more people using Facebook and Twitter for business and I see more people using LinkedIn for example to share more personal things so it's becoming becoming more mixed. Well, look, Katie and I have got some. We've got a case before and against uh, mixing business <laughs> with pleasure. There are definite advantages to bringing a bit of your personality into professional life and actually including your clients and associates with your uh, personal uh, goings on and activities but there are also some downsides too so we'll cover off some of those and uh, I'd love to hear from you guys what do you think a little bit later on did you even meet your romantic partner do you date clients that's a whole different <gasps> ball game. oh my goodness I love a client dating story please can someone share a client dating story <laughs> only if it went out only went well. like a nice one <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're married ending. then that's fine not that marriage is the barometer of success it's also okay not to be married okay no no you never know <laughs> I just don't want any heartache stories yeah no don't give me they took they took half my business stories yeah Yeah. happy client dating stories that could be a whole different podcast couldn't it oh yes i need that (laughs) the the romantic one okay so yeah look there are some difficulties with mixing business with pleasure and um i forget the name of the author of the book so i apologize already but um, i was reading a book called predictably irrational and there was talk the psychologist there talking about mixing social norms and market norms and this is where we mix business and pleasure we have to be really careful about how we mix the two and what he was saying was that social norms um it's the kind of thing where i don't know you offer to give a lift to someone or you jump start their car because you look out your window and see your neighbor's uh, car won't start but then maybe like a week or two 
later or a month or three, six months later, they help you move a sofa and take it to the tip. So these are social norms that it's, it's basically based on goodwill. It's a relationship. It's because we care about each other and we do it for the warm, fuzzy feeling. We don't expect to be paid. Um, we don't even necessarily expect the other person to reciprocate, even if we hope that we do. So these are social norms that the kind of goodwill, if you like. Then there are different interactions. These are your market norms. So these are transactional. So we complete a task and get something in, in, in return. So if you provide a service to me, I'll give you some money. We all know where we, we stand. It's clear. It's a quid pro quo where everything is agreed. The payback should be um, more or less instant and we know what we're going to expect as well. So there's normally some really good boundaries around that and we expect to get what we pay for. So these are market norms and this is what you might think is more traditional business. The problem comes, of course, when we mix our social norms and our market norms and, and that's that's the problem. Um, go on, go on, go on. No, I was just going to say that that's really interesting because, you, you know, a while, uh, a few episodes ago, um, back in episode 17, I think it was, we talked about saying no and, yeah. and how it's hard, it's quite hard to say no sometimes and ways to deal with that. And actually, I think like, yeah, as soon as you start mixing in those social norms and, and you're doing something, oh yeah, that, that kind of goodwill side of it, or if you are more friends with clients, then... I think sometimes it can be harder to say no because it isn't just that transactional, um, unfeeling is the wrong word, but it's not just that kind of cold transactional approach. It's actually, there's more factors playing into it. Yeah, absolutely. I think it, it just makes things a bit awkward, isn't it? If you're friends with someone and I mean, like, for example, I do co- do coaching. Now, obviously, I'm very sympathetic and understanding and a good listener. So if my friends want to talk about stuff that's going on in their life, we sit and we chat and I don't charge them for it, obviously. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, I've listened to you talk about your problems. That'd be, you know, 50 quid. Um, but um, but, I, but but there are friends who I do coaching with as well. But th- there are guidelines to that. And the danger is when you mix them. And, and the thing is, people get really weird when money gets involved. So if you've got a friend and you start to do business, it can get bizarre. And uh, in the book I was talking about, there was a good example. If you went to a friend's house for dinner and they cooked you a nice meal and you took them a bottle of wine, they'd be really touched and really they're really appreciative of the gesture. The minute you put a pounds and pence value on it or said, here's a £10 bottle of wine, you switch to almost transaction um, norms or market norms. So then the person starts to go, 10 quid, is that what they think my, <laughs> my cooking is worth? Actually, you do more damage than had you just stuck to the gesture rather than bringing the, the pounds and pence into it. And there's a really good story about a nursery school um, in one of the, in Finland, I think. And they what they did was, they, were, they wanted parents to drop their kids off on time. So what they said was, you know, please drop your kids off on time. If you're late, it really puts on the nursery workers and it makes our life very difficult to, to manage if you don't drop off and pick up. So people were bending over backwards to try and accommodate, but people were still late. So then they introduced a late fee that they had to pay a fine if they dropped or picked up their kid late. And what happened was, rather than driving the right behavior, because you're now using market norms, you've brought um, money into the equation. They thought, well, you know, if I'm a couple of minutes late, they're going to, I have to pay a fine, might as well get my money worth, I'll be five, ten minutes late. <laughs> and it caused so much ill will, um, they had to withdraw the late fee. The problem was that once the late fee was withdrawn, the behaviour didn't improve because the damage was already done. So I think this is where you need to be really clear, like, we can create a bit of awkwardness um, when we mix up the things that are done with goodwill or through friendship versus the things which are done as part of a really clear, well laid out business transaction. And that's the challenge, really. And it was interesting what you were saying as well about you know, the, the, the difference because of the nature of your business doing coaching 
that it's that that kind of are you being paid to listen to people's problems and help them or is it out of the kind of social norm side of it but I think there's also a flip side of that in that that if you are working with other business owners especially I think is but it could be anybody any client that you've got outside of the coaching world so you know web design clients or any clients I think that if they're paying you I think sometimes I've had it in the past where there's almost a sort of feeling of obligation to to sort of listen to their problems because they're your clients and so it's again that setting those boundaries and making sure that 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 you're clear with your time as well yeah and that's a, that's a good thing about the mixing business with pleasure I will work professionally with people that I know and in fact actually there's some really good advantages to working with people you know because they like you they rate you they're your champions they have faith in your services so it actually is a really good thing to do I think there are some people that I I perhaps would not work with because I don't feel that we could separate the two or because we I don't feel like we could sit down and contract what is what the boundaries are I feel like that would either be awkward or it would not be respected by one party or the other yeah I think I think one of the key things is to make sure that each party each each kind of individual or each business owner or whatever it is feels like they're getting the same value out of the transaction yes so even if it's not a cash transaction if you're if you're say doing somebody a face you know in a, in a business sense say you know it's the, the age of thing do you ever do free work and we've talked about that in no the we past do not and, <laughs> um you know in exchange for exposure and stuff but i was having a conversation with somebody about this the other day where um i was saying um to another of our freelance friends sarah who does um content writing she's a writer and i was saying, oh yeah i'd really like to be able to pay you to do some blogs for the freelance folk blog um, and she said oh well you know you know we could come up with some kind of arrangement where that just sounds seedy yeah <laughs> that's just my brain sorry, sorry. if you're listening <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we said you know she's oh may, may, maybe i could do it you know for free and then you could just give me some exposure or something and i was just like no 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 a that would be so wrong given that i literally run a community to support freelancers but like also no i wouldn't want to enter into that arrangement because i wouldn't feel confident that i could provide you with the value in exchange that you would be providing to me so it would be an unequal balance and then that's what can then lead to the awkwardness awkwardness and issues and you know i wouldn't want to risk a friendship for the sake of getting some free blog posts yes and also just morally i wouldn't want to do it anyway yeah but i think it's that that kind of is it work does it work for everybody if you wanted to do something that is maybe a bit less conventional because you've got a good relationship does it still work for everybody yeah so um the i've got one client where the the main website work that i did was paid in normal transactional invoice ways and you know so i got paid in cash not cash but you know got paid in money with that but when i do little bits of work on the website she runs a cheese shop and so she pays me in cheese and that works really well for both of us. So if you're happy, and I think that's the thing though, if you have boundaries around something, it allows each person to when to walk away. And when they say, right, the job is done, now we can go separate ways. Because if it's just a, done on social norms, I, I do value to you, you give it to me, I give it to you, you give it to me. Where does that stop? If someone wants off of that merry-go-round, how do you step off without causing offence? And that's where it can help. And I think it's the same with coaching. I'll listen to a friend and chat to a friend. That's a very different activity to, to coaching. But that's why we're coaching. I will always charge people or at the very least doing, as you say, Casey, an exchange of value. And in fact, if I want to 
do something for friends or family? Do you work for free? Do you do mates rates? The answer would probably be no, but what I would do in that situation is give extra value, or sometimes I have new coaching techniques or new training sessions I want to practice, I'd be more inclined to go to friends and family and say, would you like to be my guinea pig? Yeah. And give that extra value to them. Yeah. But I, but I think sometimes to maintain the friendship or to keep keep boundaries, I think you've got to keep that some of the business agreement in, in place. And yeah. Like, and like I said, the exchange just, or the goodwill can be on top, if you like. Yeah, and just kind of get get clear on what you're both going to get out of that arrangement yes. as well. And I um, think that's the thing. You want to know that each person, as you were describing, each person wants to be treated fairly, don't they? Yeah, exactly. And, and actually what you'll sometimes find is is you'll both be so keen to give each other the value that you know everyone will walk away feeling like they've got a really good deal. And I think you know there's certain circumstances where that can work out better. So going back to the cheese example, it's you know the the stock of the cheese, um, and you know it was kind of cheese and coffees and stuff. So I'd basically go and work from the cafe for a day, and I get my you know get my day food and drink paid for plus some cheese to take home with me. Um, but that stock isn't the cost of if she was just selling it outright you no. know so I can the get value more to you, but the value to me is still saving that much and so it's kind of costing her less and saving me that much and therefore it works out it works yeah I mean, it works for both people that's the thing I think when someone feels obligated or the exchange isn't perceived to be fair that's where you can get into hot water by mixing the two a little bit and that's the bit and also I mentioned certain people but also I don't think it's just about the person sometimes I wouldn't want to work with somebody um, who was a friend depending on the nature so if someone said I, you know I wanted relationship coaching or I'm you know I'm having relationship issues and that was a good friend and I know both people wouldn't touch it yeah, regardless no. <laughs> or, or you know someone was in a really really bad place is like I want to be your friend not your counsellor so I th- you know I think for, the, for, for me and for you yeah. I think there's no but I can help you find an appropriate solution and some some things we just shouldn't touch yeah, I suppose definitely I think yeah you've got to weigh up is this worth not just the monetary value but the risk as yeah. well yeah and you can lose a lot and you don't want to lose your support network or make it strained I mean relationships come and they'll go but you, ideally you want to keep them in a good place yeah and that's not to say that it's it's like you say it's not to say that it's bad to do business with friends or make friends from business in fact you know we obviously you and I are friends oh, yes we, we met through we, professional network didn't we? We, we yeah we met through a professional network I think like the kind of what moved us from being just kind of freelance acquaintances to friends was actually like you know we we're talking about the social norms thing earlier you came to one of my workshops and then I gave you a lift um yes, to where you right. were staying because it was near where I lived and so then that in, it, I think that was probably the, the kind of car journey over then that, that kind of moved it into social norms and we were then chatting about non-work stuff and I think that's then what helped us sort of switch that from being just kind of yeah. acquaintances to being friends but then since we've been friends we've then done business together yeah and I, as you say as long as you're quite and obviously we podcast co-host well, podcast co-host as so. well exactly <laughs> so we too can sit well like I say friends can be a really good good source of business as well and actually this is the case for and this is something I was chatting uh, to Katie about the other day when should you do um, do business with pleasure because 
of course, if, if you want to get on well with someone and have a good working relationship, it stands to reason that you have to be reliable. So to have a good, trusting, working relationship with someone, there are certain things you need. You need to be credible, first and foremost. So you need to know your stuff. People need to know that you are authentic. They need to know that, uh, that you've got real leadership and authority in what you're doing. You also need good reliability as well. So you need people want to know that you can deliver the product or service to the standard they want in the time frame they want it um, at a, a price that is good value to them. And if you do that and get good feedback on your work, you're going to be pretty successful in doing what you do. Now, there's a book um, by a guy called David Meister called The Trusted Advisor. So if you do any kind of sales or even consulting work, it's a book really worth reading. And he suggests there is something else you need. On top of this professional trust, he describes, um, he, has, he has his trust equation. And he said, you do need to care about the personal or the friendship side in order to be really, really successful and to have a booming business. You need to ha- take care of the human and this friendship side too. And he uses the word intimacy. Now we talk about dating <laughs> clients. I don't think he means physical intimacy, um, but he means the strength of the relationship actually between two people, not just from the person to the business. But he also talks about the extent to which you care about the other person's agenda. And I've seen this that done really well in businesses. So really good consultants will not only go into a business and understand the business problem, the business need, and come up with a re- and advise on a really good solution. The most skillful consultants go into that business, they speak to the stakeholder or the client, but they really understand the client as well. So what are they hopeful for? What gets them excited? But also what makes them feel exposed or what keeps them awake at night? But they'll also know really personal stuff about them. They'll care about their their partner, their childcare arrangements, the football team support, the, the, the pets that they have. And it's a good question to ask yourself. And I did this um, exercise years back. I had a key stakeholder. And I was asked, do you know this person? Do you know her husband's name? And like, I think it might be in. Do you know her kid's names? Nah. What does she do when she's not working? I'm like, she doesn't work sometimes. (laughs) Um, She's really hard-nosed. I don't know. I don't know. And all these kind of questions. Do you know what her hobbies are? Where does she go on holiday? What's her ideal holiday? Where does she go when she's got a downtime? And I realised I didn't know any of this stuff about this person. So with every business request there is always a human being asking for the business request and they have a personal reason to show their boss they're on top of it to avoid personal you know disaster or shame to their reputation if everything goes belly up on their watch to um show their people that they love them and that they they care about this their staff or to show their customers that they really get that there's a real emotional kind of thing and david mason saying actually we need to know about the person and care about the person now katie is nodding furiously here because this comes naturally to her <laughs> she's naturally very good at it and kate you were saying the other day like we started this conversation because you said um your clients even talk about their love lives sometimes you know, yeah, this is, yeah i love that they do that it's really nice <laughs> I'm just coming over, coming over all Scylla this episode. <laughs> if there's any young people watching this, they're just going to have no idea what we're like, watching, listening to this. They're going to yeah. have no idea what we're talking about. Google blind date. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I guess I'd always go, oh, I'm not very good at being businessy. And that's why I have these relationships yeah. um, with my clients. And I guess part of it is... is is you know it's deliberate to an extent because I want to work with interesting people that I get on with because it just makes and why my would, life why easier. Course, so it makes a nice, it makes me have a nice time. You know, I I spend I don't I don't know exactly what percentage of my life 
talking to clients, but it's a significant amount of time, you know, working on their projects or talking to them. You know, it's a lot of my waking hours is spent working on something. And and so to me, I'm like, why would I not want to care about the person behind this? And why would I not want to enjoy the dealings that I have with this person? So I think for me, part of what I think about when deciding whether to take on a client is, do I actually, I don't have to like them exactly, but I think I have to be able to, I think I have to respect them and I think I have to be able to get on with them. Yeah, I think it makes life a lot easier. Yeah, and most of the time, you know, I really like my clients and... And that's where the whole kind of saying no thing is harder because of because I'm like, oh, but I love them so much and I want to do the social norms for them. Yeah, uh, yeah. I just want to do everything because out of goodwill. And But that's interesting because <laughs> you, you talk about that because many, I said earlier that I used to keep things very separate, business and personal. And so if you told me about 10 years ago, why, you know, talking to clients about their love lives, why would you even want to do that? And, and even when I worked for a big bank, there were people who would do that with their stakeholders or even their managers or senior managers. It's like, why, we're not here to be friends. Why are we having, having this conversation? And it wasn't that I was cold on feeling. I got on well with people. I knew about certain people's lives, but I didn't want to let people in. I didn't want to know it. But now I've come like a whole 180 and now I can see exactly why knowing about someone's life, love life is good for business because if um, they are having relationship problems, you're never gonna have a business conversation until you show that you care. It's like the old, no one cares what you know until they know what you, they, that you care. <laughs> so if they're, or if they're really happy and loved up, if you can celebrate with that, that with them they're going to say well, this person really gets me and now, and now we can really work together so now I can absolutely see by caring for the person and getting on their agenda and supporting it and cheering on and helping them solve their problems is good for business but that took me a long time to get there and I would say you know take the lead from the other person so it's not that I ask all of my clients about their love lives so there's some of them where they are just more private people and, I, and it yes, doesn't course, feel yeah. appropriate to ask them about it but I think like a, because I'm just super soppy about this sort of thing, like for other people. <laughs> Not myself as much, but for other people, I just love like cute romance stories things. And so like, they know I'll enjoy it, I think. I think I think that's part of it, is that it's not just necessarily asking stuff of them, it's sharing a lot of myself. Yes, yeah, you've got to do that, it's got to work both ways. Yeah, so like, even before I meet my clients, I've shared a lot of myself. So I'm very authentic, to use that somewhat overused word, on my blogs and you know I share very transparently I kind of write how I talk so before they've even met me they've got an idea of who I am as a person and so they know I guess the level to interact with me on like they know that I'm not going to get weirded out if they start talking about dogs or cats or or anything with me you know I'm not going to be bothered um and the only area I probably struggle with is is kind of I don't really get mushy about babies and so I'll be interested in their offspring but I probably won't be as enthusiastic as I was about other things no but but then I know you would care if they for example they had childcare arrangements yeah of course yeah yeah yeah. and you know they can tell me about funny things their kid did and I'll laugh because it's still funny it's just um, it's probably less of an area that for me is of personal interest so I think it's about finding those common areas so if I know someone's got babies then I'm like okay you can talk to me a bit about your babies but I'm going to shut that down after a little while because I do that with my friends that's not a business thing that's just that 
I don't have babies and I wouldn't want to just talk about my no. dogs all the time. And not I to think, equate dogs with babies. And I think it's just that, like you say, it's doing it to the point where you you know you've got a good relationship. But it, it, again, you don't even have to talk about babies or love lives. I mean, even just, again, working in the corporate sector, just understanding the stresses people have gone through. So yes, yeah. you get the business brief, but then if you can turn around to say well, someone and say, hey, look, sounds like you're under a lot of pressure here. Um, I really want to help you, you know, save face. Or I really want to help, you know, take this pressure off yeah. you. And as you say, if you are, have concerns or fears about something, then just open it up. And, and, and you say you've got to share that as well. Yeah. So yeah. It doesn't have to be all touchy feely. It doesn't have to be all no. personal. But it's just that regard about the emotions and the person. And you're right. You can still have a a a kind of a friendly type relationship where you only actually talk about business things, but you could still. It's the way you talk about it and what you share. And like you say, if you share, if you're feeling vulnerable or if you're sharing things which are more of a personal nature about the business, then that's still bringing in elements of friendship into that relationship. Because if it was purely business, you would just be talking very transactionally, like you said about, okay, here's the website. Okay, here's what you need to do. Okay, here's, here's the result. But actually, like you say, it's kind of going beyond that. Yeah. And so, going into what they care about and what matters to them. So I think that, that relationship, that kind of almost friendship, you may not call it a friendship, but I think you, you can, this is where friendship can help because that person knows that you're going to, you've got their back and that you're going to uh, f- find the solution no matter what. You're not just going to run off and leave them high and dry. And that's where I think a, a friendship with a client or at least a good personal relationship can actually boost your business. And of course, for you, Katie, you get a lot of referrals from word of mouth. You don't do um, many, you know, call to action marketing things yeah. on the internet. <laughs> so, so, and that's precisely because people do talk to each other about you and there is that social circle. So that's, that is a, an important component of doing business. Yeah, and I think I probably mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I would say like the reason people like working with me isn't because I'm the best Squarespace designer like I'm a good Squarespace designer but I'm not the best but what I am is somebody that is yeah kind of easy to work with and someone that cares and I think that is important to people yeah absolutely you'd rather work with someone that you trust exactly but I think it's the I suppose going back to the the sort of flip side of it so you know the 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 do you mix the kind of the personal and the business stuff. I think the one thing to be aware of is that actually, if you have a good personal connection with somebody, that doesn't necessarily mean that it will actually work from a business perspective. No. So I think it's about, again, making sure that you're not being overly swayed by. So say say you meet somebody at a networking event and you get on like a house on fire, don't then assume that, okay, great, we've already got this brilliant relationship and we want to do business with each other and just go in all guns blazing because actually you need to still work out if that's going to make sense for your business yeah as well like I've had that before where I've had a client that I've got on with really well but we just weren't the right fit from a business perspective and so then it it kind of went a bit wobbly and yeah. we worked it out and you know we sort of ended up coming up with a, a compromise and a, I think because we already had a relationship we were able to work it out but there was a bit in the middle where there was a yeah, definite wobble and actually we both kind of realized maybe actually we wanted this to work but it doesn't yeah so and sometimes you're not the right person to help someone like you could do it and you do have those skills and maybe they really want to work with you because they like you but if you look at it and know deep down yeah you you could like you say there's always people who can do what you do better or better air quotes again yeah but the main you may recognize there is an expertise where you might come up short and i think it's really important to be honest to people say look i just don't think this is gonna gonna flow i don't think it's gonna work for either of us so yeah definitely and have you ever had a situation where you've kind of 
again, it like tried to mix the two and it hasn't worked? Or have you been I think I'm lucky slash skilled? <laughs> I think it's the other way around. I've gone from keeping the two really, really far apart and actually over the last few years it's about bringing the two closer together. And so I can't, I've never really mixed the two and it's gone gone wrong. I have had ones where I've been working with people and probably things that I've just been honest and said that I think certain things we can't discuss or certain things that we probably aren't going to work if we work on these together. So averted it in that sense. But for me, it's definitely about bringing more of that in rather than filtering it out. <laughs> so yeah, we'd be really interested in knowing how you guys all mix work and pleasure you know does it does it even do you even have that that defining line you know for some people they don't have you know they don't really dif- distinguish between it because they they socialize with the people that they work with and yeah and, i mean so, even co-working spaces yeah. these days are they workspaces are they social spaces you take somewhere like zipperblatt for example yeah it's a cafe and a workspace so it's a social space and a professional space so you may not make the distinction exactly so we'd be really interested to hear any tips but mainly dating stories with a happy for katie ending. please give please. katie please, a, please. a marriage story please <laughs> that would be so <laughs> not nice. ma- necessarily marriage <laughs> just something that worked <laughs> so michelle like at the end of the episode we always try and say like what's one kind of takeaway or tip that you'd choose if you just had to choose one thing on this topic on this problem what would you say if 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 people were saying what's the one thing i can do to maybe improve how i deal with business and pleasure stuff together i think i think the one thing i'll take it from 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 a personal point of view i think if your background is quite professional quite corporate and you're used to getting straight down to business i would i would recommend just opening up appropriately and safely i would recommend just developing that personal relationship side even if it's just starting off an email with how are you or starting off a phone call with how was your weekend and genuinely listening and following up the answer that's I, such a good point i think people can tell when it's contrived and you don't actually care how are you how's things yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but yeah generally ask after the person it could take like literally one minute at the beginning of every call and email but yeah. i think if that's you and you've not really done it i'd say definitely start to bring that in yeah that'd be my one thing I think actually now you've mentioned it, that's made me think, I think it's not cynical to write stuff down if you need to remember it. No. So, you know, if if you're ringing somebody up and you're asking about their kids and you know you've got a terrible memory for names, write down the names of their kids and have that wherever you store the kind of contact details or, you know, if you've got project management tools or something. Make a little note there as well because then you can then you can ask after them. And that's just as thoughtful as if you genuinely remembered it. Some people are not good at names. I am terrible at names, which is funny because I run a network of people that I have to introduce to each other. So that gets awkward sometimes. But yeah, sometimes I'll make little notes about the person, not just the business stuff. Yeah. So that and, I can then remember to ask about. And it's because I do care. It's, yeah. it's my memory isn't good. But in fact, even you write it down, I think someone people appreciate the fact that you took the trouble to prioritise it enough to write it down. Exactly. So that's a good one. I like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to kind of wrap up here, but I will see you next time for 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One. In the meantime, if you want to follow us, we are on Twitter. I'm at The Wheel Exists. And I'm at Dive Deep Depth DVP. So we will see you next time for 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One.